Good morning. Let's all stand this morning as we uh, open up our service. It's good to see everybody. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand I start to fall All those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground Friends I had were nowhere to be found. I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. There was Jesus in the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken. Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it, I couldn't see it. something better in mind for us so that they would not reach the perfection without us. Hebrews 11 40. 
mercy fills the streets to look upon the one who bled to save me and walk with him for all eternity. There will be a day when all will bow before him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with he who died and rose songs of faith we sang through doubt and fear in the end we'll see that it was worth it when he returns to wipe away our tears there will be a day when all will bow before Stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice, a thousand generations sing worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And on that day, we join the resurrection and stand beside. The heroes of the faith with one voice, a thousand generations sing worthy is the Lamb who was slain forever he shall reign. So Mighty roar, glory to our 
just want to thank you today. We want to thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you have prepared for us. And God, as we just continue in this service, God, let us never forget all the things and all the uh, things that you have done for us. God, all the things that you have prepared for us. God, I pray for Brother Daryl today as he delivers your word. God, help us to understand and help us to comprehend. Help us, Lord, to take what we learn to share it with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. of love that's calling There's a chair that waits for you And a friend who understands everything you're going through You keep standing at shadow of your shame There's a light of
Okay, good morning again. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 40, the last verse in that chapter. We read it last week, but we're going to take that one verse by itself. Very unique, uh, unusual verse, Hebrews eleven forty. We're going to look at it on the screen anyway with three different translations. Uh, so here we go. First, uh, New King James, like we usually use, God having provided something better for us that they, I'm going to stop right there. This is the last verse in the chapter, of course. And so they is referring specifically to everybody in the chapter that he's already talked about. Way back, Abel, Noah, Moses, all what we sometimes call the heroes of faith. That they should not be made perfect apart from us. And the, uh, that same verse in the message translations, we, because of the computer, we have to do, do two, two verses, so we'll do, go ahead and read that. Not one of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. Now here's the last verse. God had better plan for us that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole, their lives of faith not complete apart from ours. And then one more translation. God had something better in mind for us so that they, those who have gone on before us, would not reach perfection without us. Those who have gone on before us are waiting for us. That's why the title of the message is, is, is today, your, your Journey. Someone is anxious to see you. If you're looking at your outline, there's an outline of this on the backside of your, of your announcements. But I don't know. I, that's a very unique verse. I can't really think of very many other scriptures in the Bible that's quite like that. Talk about those people who have gone to heaven before us are, are waiting for us. They can't be made, that word perfect is, is, is complete. Their completion can't happen until we get there. Often, now I'm not going to change the way I say it, but often I would, I'll say that, that stepping from time into eternity, that when, we, when I leave this earth, time stops and eternity starts and there is no time. And that's true, but, but uh, I never thought of it in this way. In a way, there is still a little bit of something because it says that those, in, those who have gone on before, those in heaven are waiting for us, and that implies time. So there is that little bit of issue that if everything's not finally done for them, everything's not completed, everything's not perfect for them until we get there, okay? That's just a, I think that's a real cool thought. If you're looking at your outline, people are waiting for you. So those who have gone before us, the saints in heaven right now, whether it's those people in Hebrews chapter 11, or the, I think uh, I just can't help but think of this thought and think of the folks in our, in our church who've passed away every, every year, the, f the funerals that, that we do. And they are, they are waiting for us, waiting for me, waiting for you. And this scripture out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33, I realize it's dealing with with, com with communion, I know that. But I couldn't help, when I thought about the, the people that are, that are waiting for us, everything can't be 
done until we finally get there. In Hebrews chapter 11, 33, in communion, we always talk about this. This is why when we pass out the, the cups that we ask everyone to hold the cup, hold the juice, hold the bread, keep it in your hand until everyone's had a chance to take, and then we'll take it all at the same time. And the reason we do that is because of this instruction. Paul was instructing the church. He said, therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. And I know it's not the same thing, but I couldn't help think of one and the other at the same time. Wait for each other. And so those are in heaven are doing just that for you. They're waiting till you get there. At the end of the service, I'll, I'll probably say something like this. You know, I'm going to go before most of you will, and so I'll be waiting on you. And, uh, but we'll get to that point. I want to look at this, this kind of long quote in, on, in your outline, on your outline sheet. We're going to put this on the screen, too, about waiting for each other. Now, uh, I've used this a lot, thought about this a lot, and I want you to apply it to not only what we're talking about, people in heaven are waiting for us and how special that ought to be to us, but I want you to, when you read this quote, I want you to think of it in a ministry aspect, too, because I, I do. I realize how important it is for people to know that there's somebody there with them, somebody waiting for them. So here's the quote. A, a man can keep his sanity and stay alive as long as there is at least one person who is waiting for him. The mind of a man can indeed rule his body even when there is little health left. A, a dying mother can stay alive to, to see her son before she gives up the struggle. A soldier can prevent his mental and physical disintegration when, when he knows that his wife and children are, are waiting for him. But when nothing and nobody is waiting, there is no chance to survive in the struggle for life. I like that last sentence. And I've learned a lot by that. I've learned that, that in trying to reach people, they need to know that somebody cares. When nothing and nobody is waiting, there is no chance to survive in the, in the struggle for life. So people in heaven are waiting for you. And uh, I keep on wanting to get to a point before I get there, so I'm going to move on. The last verse in this section of people are waiting for you is Revelation 21, 3 through 5. I want to show you something. I'm going to read through it, then I want to show you something in the Scripture that we will read. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. I don't know if you noticed in the 
scripture that we just read. I just want to make this point and move on. It's it, every time, every reference to people, it's always they, them. It's never I, you. It's never, it's never the singular. God has made heaven for us. God has made heaven for the family, for the family of God. God has made heaven for, for all of us who will. So it's not just you. It's not you going by, your, by yourself. It's God has made it for all of us. So people are waiting on you. I, I just, uh, I know you don't know any of the people in Hebrews chapter 11. And I know that you don't know most people in, who, are, who are in heaven now. I get that. Neither do I. I want you to think of, I'm not trying, I'm, real, I'm just not this kind of way. I, I'm, I'm not like this. I'm not trying to be all sentimental gush. And I, I know that's not a word, but I'm not, I'm not trying to be that. And I don't want to be that. But I do want you to stop and think about people that you loved, people that you knew, who are in heaven waiting for you and they can't be complete everything can't be finished with them until you get there and so it's so important that you get there okay they're waiting on you so people are waiting on you people that you know people that you love they're waiting on you the next, Jesus is waiting on you, okay? Jesus is waiting on you. A verse out of the Old Testament that will seem very strange in a way to us, Psalm 116, 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You've probably heard that verse. You've probably heard it from me. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Now, Kind of the odd thing about that verse, do you ever associate death and precious? Does that ever, you know, do, do those two words ever wind up in the same sentence with you? We spend our life trying to avoid it, death. Death's one of those things that we, we're just, we do everything we can to not do that, you know? It's the natural part of us. But that's, that's how God sees it, though. Precious in the sight of the Lord. Not precious in your sight, but precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Why? Because he's waiting on you. And I cannot put myself in God's shoes. I don't pretend to. I don't pretend to know how he feels. But it has to be similar to a parent who is waiting for the child to come home. Now, I know that God has a relationship with us here, but it's not the same, and it's not going to be the same. The scripture we just read about the things that are in heaven waiting for us, that's not like it is here on earth. So even as close as we can be with God here, there's still this, sep this thing that separates us. I'm flesh, God is spirit. And so there's this, the separation, 
And so God is, is anxious for that time. So precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Now, I, it's, it's hard for me, again, to say, to use the word death and, death and precious in the same breath. But I want you to view death in this way a little bit how God sees it. He's waiting on you. And he's anxious for that day. He's anxious to see you. There's coming a day, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, that where I am, there you may be also. So on that day, I will see Jesus face to face. There'll be no separation. Paul said, now I see through a glass darkly. Now I see through a glass darkly. Things aren't clear. When I pray, I, I'm kind of sure of the answer. When I talk to the Lord, it's, you know, it's pretty good. But I know what Paul meant. Now I see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. And God is waiting. Jesus is anxious for that day. So that's why that verse is precious in the sight of the Lord. Precious in God's view is your death. For, the, for those who are in Christ, it would be similar to a parent saying, finally, finally I get to bring my child home. Finally I get to see my child face to face without the separation, without, the, without being able to see clearly. Finally I get to bring him home. So people are waiting for you, and Jesus is, is waiting for you, anxiously waiting for you. So that's what heaven is waiting for you. Now, we come to the end. I'm going to share this with you. I need to do this from time to time. I will do this from time to time. I'm going to give you a simple, some simple salvation scriptures. Here's the thing. I, this made a mark in my, a groove in my brain. Years ago, Brother Joey Rupert was preaching at camp, had a large group at camp, and uh, I could tell, I, I can tell when preachers say things that they planned on saying, and I can tell when preachers say things that they hadn't planned to say it. We, <laughs> Tony almost shared what we talked about in Sunday school about the uh, genes, and I'm not going to. I got in trouble for that once, so anyway. You can tell, can't you, when I say things that, hey, he planned to say that, and then you can tell, boy, he shouldn't have said that. Anyway, Brother Joey at camp was preaching, and, and he said it. He looked out at the crowd, and he said the truth. He said, all of you are not going to make it. All of you are not going to make it. That is so sad because it's true. And there's no way, of course, he can't know, and I can't know, but I suspect that there's hardly ever been a group that I've preached to that everybody's going to make it there. We're not all going to make it. Why? Jesus. The opportunity's there, but you've got to take it. The door is open, but you got to walk through it. 
For God so loved the world, everybody's got the chance. Everybody's got the opportunity. God is pleading for everybody, but not everybody's going to make it because not everybody's going to receive him. Not everybody's going to accept him. Not everybody's going to choose him. That's why not everybody's, that's why everybody's not going to make it. It has nothing to do with the love of God. It has nothing to do with the grace of God. It all has to do with us and the fact that everybody has to choose. I think we said this in a small group. You've all heard this before. I think on Thursday we said this. What do you have to do to go to hell? Nothing. Nothing. When you do nothing with what God has given you, when you do nothing with what Jesus has offered you, hell is the only other choice. There's only two choices to start with. There aren't three. So what do you have to do to go to hell? Nothing. Well, I want you to do something, okay? I want you to do something. There must be this, this time when you choose Jesus as your salvation, when you choose him. Jesus said again, I go to prepare a place for you, for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'll come again and receive you to myself. Is that what you want? Is, 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 is that what you want? So I'm going to give you just the simple sum, simple salvation scriptures that we all just need to hear this every once in a while and, and really take stock of, our, of ourselves. I hate to stand before any group and think about that. We're not all going to make it. That really bothers me. Uh, that's what keeps me up at night. In First General Baptist Church, it should bother you too. This is what church is about. This is what church is about. There's so many other things that, that church kind of devolves into, that slides back into. This is what church is about, that people would know Jesus, would receive him. This is what church is about. The first scripture is, uh, is this, on, this is on your outline, Romans uh, 3, 323, nothing here that you haven't heard, but we're just going to go through this, and I want you to think about your salvation. For all have sinned and fall short of, short of the glory of God. All have sinned, not some, all. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6:23. so the wages of sin is death. Okay, that's what you earn. Sin is... Uh, uh, a, a, a wage is what you earn. Because of sin, you've earned it. The wages of sin is death. But, I wish Paul had put, but hallelujah. But hallelujah. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. That's bad news. The good news is, but there is the gift of God, and that's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, going on, Romans 10, 9, and 10. So what do you do? This, the next two scriptures, this is what you do. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You mean that's it? Yeah, for now, yeah. If you'll confess with your mouth, for with the heart believe, one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth, confession is made unto, unto salvation. Matt, if you don't mind, go back to 
that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead? Then you will be saved. The next one is John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. Let's leave that scripture up there. I've dealt with people, I'm thinking of one person, I'm not going to name them. I, I don't know that I could get through it with, without tears. But uh, struggling on their deathbed, struggling to, uh, how would I say it, come to an assurance of their, of their salvation. They're just, they're just not sure. And I talked to them and uh, talked to them. I couldn't, it just didn't seem to be getting anywhere. And this came to me, and I've, I did, this is the first time I ever did this with anyone. And I've done it, I don't know how many times since, because it seemed to work. I was trying to explain the gospel, kind of like from me to you, and he wasn't getting it. I don't, I don't know what was wrong, but he just couldn't seem to get the assurance. So I changed my tactic, if that's the word. And I said, I'll I t- I t- I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what I believe. I'm going to tell you what I believe. And you tell me if you believe it too. And I don't know why, but I think something about him seeing, being able to see, belief in someone else helped him. I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin miraculously born. Nothing else works if that's not true, and that's a deep thought, but I believe exactly what the Bible says. I believe that Jesus lived a sinless life. The only reason he can forgive you of your sin is because he had none. That's why I can't forgive you of your sin. Why? Because I have my own. I can't hardly deal with myself how can I save you so I believe that he lived a sinless life that's the only way that he can save you I believe that uh, that he died on a cross and dying on the cross is payment the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. There must be a payment for sin. God never shrugs his shoulders at sin. God never says, oh, well, I, I understand. I, I, boys will be boys. God never says that. He never turns his head. He never shrugs and says, oh, well, that's okay. Because, there, because every sin creates debt a debt to be paid. I believe that Jesus paid that debt when he died on a cross. Now, three men died on a cross that day. So dying on a cross is nothing new, and there were thousands of people who died on crosses before Jesus did, and there are thousands of people who died on crosses after Jesus died. Dying on a cross is nothing new. It's not unique, but his is. Why? 
because on the third day he rose again. You cannot find the bones. You can't find, any, can't find anything left of him. Paul says that, that, that there, were, there was a time up to 500 people at one time saw him. So a lot of people died on crosses. But there's only one who's resurrected from the grave and came back again. I believe in the sinless life. I believe in the debt payment on the cross. I believe that Jesus died and rose, rose again for you and for me. And I took the man laying in the deathbed. I took him by the hand. And said, I said, I believe that with all my heart. I said, do you believe that? He said, I believe that with all my heart. I said, well... That's all you can do. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Receive that. But to as many as received him, to them he gave he the power to become the sons of God, even them who believe on his name. Receiving it. I believe it. I receive it. I'm going to ask the band to come up. They're going to I kind of change the order. They're going to sing the, the last song we just sung as, a, as our invitation. I'm going to ask the congregation to stand with me, please. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and, and listen to the Holy Spirit as he's speaks to us. There are two different types of people that I want to talk to. And I, uh, well, I'm not going to be, belabor the point just how much I want you to be in heaven with me. I just cannot tell you. I, I can't put that into words. I just want you to be in heaven with me, with us with all of us. I don't want you to miss it. And the key to it, the hinge, is Jesus. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, and this morning you want to, you don't feel like you. there's nobody trying to talk you in. I'm not trying to talk you into it. I'm trying to explain the gospel. But you need to choose it. And this morning, if you're standing here and in the here and you just say, it's just as simple as this, that's what I choose. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I'm ready to receive him. And I want you to come up and just simply do that. By doing that, by coming, you're saying, I receive Jesus as my Savior. Now I do think most of us in the room probably have done that. I don't know that all of us have, but most of us probably have done that. So it's not that you need to come and be saved again, but some of us may need to come this morning and decide that this morning, from this point on, I'm going to be more serious about it. I, I'm going to take it more to heart. I'm going to, from, from this day on, my life's going to be different. I believe everything that the scriptures say. I believe about his life, his death, his resurrection. I believe that, and I have received that, okay? Live it.
Live it. Live it. Every day. Live it. So from this day on, this day can be a new day in that you've already been saved, but now you're going to live it. I mean really live it. Not pretend it. Not do it on Sunday. Just. But every day. I'm ready to I'm ready to live my salvation out. I'm ready to get serious about it. If you need to come and receive Jesus as your Savior, if you need to come and get serious about Jesus as your Savior, if you just need to come and pray while they sing this song, we invite you to come. We invite you to pray. Hear the voice of love that's calling There's a chair that waits for you And a friend who understands Everything you're going Those of 